on Sky Sports Radio. Time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this game, streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Uh-oh. It is a Monday and it is time for Punters Postmortem. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the 7th of August on Sky Sports Radio. Big thanks to you who have uh, continued listening this morning after the Big Sports Breakfast. Or if you're just joining us across our network of New South Wales and the ACT, g'day to you. That was a great weekend of racing right across the country. We're going to touch on it. Hopefully you backed plenty of winners. Obviously, it was a sad um, uh, viewing there of the missile stakes with obviously big parade uh, going amiss. We did see I Am Me win. We'll talk about the performance of I Am Me and we'll chat with our panel of experts today. Ron Dovesey, Chris Roots and David Gately. And uh, not too far away from joining us as well is you, the putter, on 0419 That's the text line. You can get involved with the show today. You can ask questions to our panel of experts or on the telephone line. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Tanya is our producer, 13 53 53, 13 53 53. And we welcome back to the punters, po- uh, the punters panel. I was going to say, we welcome back to punters postmortem for the first time this season, this new racing season. Ron Duffersey, how are you, Duff? Yeah, g'day, Dave. I'm looking forward to it. Um, look, it was an interesting day, and, and you said like a sad day as well with the big parade situation. But we had a very impressive winner there, and I am me who. The marketplace warmed to and they got it completely right. So a bit of a messy race, but she capitalised and uh, she was too good. So it'll be interesting to see how far into the spring she she can go uh, with a with a great starting point for her on Saturday. I know it might have only been a missile stakes, but when I asked David Eustace last week about Everest horses and said, look, would you love to get two horses or, or a horse from your stable into the race? He said, yes, we would. Obviously, they've got to jump a fair few hoops and there's a lot of water to roll on the bridge, but the two horses he, he nominated were I Am Me and Ruthless Dame. Now, whether you think they're up to that particular quality or standard is yet to be seen, but, um, yeah, there was obviously that confidence around. And didn't um, didn't she firm in the marketplace stuff? Did she? What? You know, I think uh, we were saying, well, who's going to run favourite here? And all of a sudden she's a, she's a really firm favourite and... Um it got into two dollars thirty or forty or something, something or two forty at the finish there, uh, which was amazing considering the marketplace um, from the Wednesday through to the Saturday morning, and uh, they got it completely right as it ended up. David Gately, well, I tell you what, Gator, uh, you'll have to fill us in exactly what was happening on Sky Racing One on Saturday because I was flicking channels between the, the footy and the races over to Sky One, and mate, I flicked over and you were getting cuddled by a punter and it was all happening. Good morning, mate. How are you? And a very good morning to you and the team and the punters. Look, you're just starting to grow on me as a species, you humans. Uh, It was just (laughs) a fabulous day. Um, And look, you know, it's it's a long, long way from my my house, (laughs) that pub. But um, no, it was um, just a great vibe. Uh, The tab uh, have done a great job in... um, I think a lot of pubs and clubs around Melbourne, they're, they're getting these massive upgrades, which are awesome. The screens were uh, bigger than my house, which isn't a massive statement, but um, it was just a great day. And, and I think when the, the punters were just in that, that um, and most of them are as a rule, just in that good frame of mind and there for the right reasons and had a win, which always helps and then pays for your, uh, your, your bevies. And it was getting a bit messy at the end, but uh, it was all good fun. Great stuff, and I think they're going to be doing more of that. And from all reports as well, um, like when uh, Racing HQ or the radio or even the TV have done more of those uh, those tab-related things, I know that the venues are really appreciative and they do quite well, the venues as well. Uh, Chris Roots is joining us from the Sydney Morning Herald. Good morning, Chris. It was a great day of racing at uh, Rose Hill. Yeah, it was a good day of racing at uh, Rose Hill, but the highlight had to be... Gator giving out $50 betting vouchers and blokes hugging him. Like, he doesn't get any better than that, watching people really enjoy their racing. And obviously, it's not just on track where people enjoy racing. We've got to remember that. Everyone's watching from different places. And um, we saw some nice horses there on the weekend. I think IME showed that she was um, right up right up there for a um, possible place in, in, in bigger races. Maybe not the Everest, but she's definitely group one quality. And... Um, 
There was a horse there in behind, though, that really found the line well, which I think we'll see a lot more of during the spring. Would that horse have been uh, Argentia? Chris? Yeah, didn't it? You couldn't miss it, could you, Dave? It was one of those one of those runs. It got caught up in the um, incident incident the two hundred with big where big with big parade, and when she let down past the post, she was she was second about three strides past the post. She 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 looks like she's she's back, and Jay Pride might be looking to do another Maria Mayer with this horse. Duff, it's interesting. I spoke with Joe uh, last week and we spoke about this mare and obviously he was very excited and um, uh, he was obviously thankful for the Camilleries for, for giving him the opportunity to train such a beautifully bred mare and uh, the whole conversation that he had with John and the team was, well, let's just see how she goes. And if she doesn't come up, obviously being a five-year-old, maybe she makes her way to the Hunter Valley or elsewhere. But she... Um, one thing I find interesting, you know, she's by Frankel out of Princess Coop, so you'd be thinking, oh, right, mile plus. But she has just got uh, sprint all about it. I know they did get her out to a mile when she was with Anthony and Sam. Yeah, look, she's she's obviously high profile with the pedigree that she's got, being out of Princess Coo and, and by Frankel. And um, I know plenty about her because I think I've backed her every single start. And uh, look, she's um, she won a first start. I think as a two-year-old, and we thought, oh, how good is this? How good is this filly? And she went through, and she won a Group Three, I think. And then she was still looking promising, but just found one better all the way through. But and then she sort of hit a bit of a flat prep last time in, although she was sort of competing at the top level. But she's always been a filly or mare that has captured the attention as far as. Um, she she's a Group One winner in the making, uh, but like it's the old saying with these mares, you either got them or you haven't got them. So that was an encouraging return, and I agree. She she was excellent through the line there on Saturday after being uh, held up, and and um, obviously, and there's all you could say it about most of the runners in that race with the, with the messy situation. She should have finished much closer, as should have Deep Paul, who got held up badly at the top of the straight, and he had a lot to offer. And um, yeah, and then you go back and say, well, but what would have Golden Mile done? You know, he was trucking behind the lead, and then what that happens, and there's a few others in that uh, situation as well. So a messy race, which is hard to uh, um, review. It's uh, just beauty in the, uh, the eye of the beholder. But obviously, uh, most eyes are for Argentia, and, and to a lesser extent, uh, Deep Paul. Gator, as we're touching on the missile stakes, obviously um, both Chris and and Duff have alluded to you know the fact that it was messy. But just a comment from you on um, say Argentia, also a comment uh, on the winner. Yeah, look, uh, the winner um, it did a good job. I mean, certainly, if you told me before the race she was going to get away with a, a lead of thirty five three eight and be two lengths below the class average. I would have thought she's going to take some catching, especially the way the track was playing, and that's the way it worked out. She kicked on and won quite well. But the problem was she was the only horse that wasn't uh, hampered or wide um, in the race. So my concern is when all of them are running well or luckless, you know, how do you assess it? Um, you know, obviously, Depor and Argentia were difficult to miss. Uh, but, um, yeah, look, I've got a big question mark on the entire race. The overall time, three lengths below, group two average, um, I've got some concerns. Let's leave it there. Okay, and and well, I guess it's that's good to chat about because whilst they may be good horses uh, and we want to follow them, when you say you've got concerns, are you suggesting that as punters or just in your opinion, you let's say if I and me goes to the next level and jumps into a, a Group One sprint somewhere, you'd be treading with caution. In your opinion, uh, yes, because you'll have to go faster early, and that leaves any athlete vulnerable um as you go up in grade in any sport you get tested you know physically it's just the nature of the beast what happens in cricket they bowl faster and they bowl at your head in rugby they just run a little bit faster a gridiron they hit you a little bit harder um so that's the test for her um and look she may well um you know pass the test but she has to be good to do it what do you say, Duff? I mean, obviously, that's and, that, and I think that's good to talk about because quite often we see a performance like that. We what a what a win, great stuff. And then obviously, if we're not following the races as in depth um, throughout the week as uh, 
some people that listen to this program, they might just be, you know, up, saw that in the app, perfect, I'll bet. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Are you, are you in the same sort of boat? You'd like to see her do a little bit more or how, how do you assess her moving forward when she gets into a, a different grade? Well, Gage is completely right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's... it's um it's just a starting point for us. So there might be more up in the, in the bonnet there as far as uh, she has matured and put on weight and she's um, she's obviously come back with a win. I think the track was a second or two off. Um, I think the most of the talk was the track was a little bit soft between a you know a, a four and a five throughout the day, so uh, with, with good moisture in it. Um, there was only a couple of 1,200-metre races on the day. Obviously, the other one was just a benchmark race where she beat that time up. But um, Gator's more into those figures, and I trust his opinion, and, I, and I'm inclined to agree, but we'll learn more about her when she probably hits a race like the, well, well I think it's the Manicato or, or something like that. Chris, what did uh, the team, was there any chat after the race about the, the next starts for a couple of these horses? Any, any news or information? Well, first of all, we go to Golden Mile. I spoke to James Cummings yesterday, and he said Golden Mile pulled up better than any horse he had at the track on the weekend. Now, considering it probably had uh, ran up the rail, and how lucky are we that we had the plastic rail there on Saturday because it allowed James McDonald, when he when he was in trouble, just to lean on the rail a little bit. It was a marvellous piece of horsemanship by James because I think everyone in the in the stands, everyone watching at home was thinking, oh, no, what's going to happen next? And it didn't happen. Well, everyone thought was going to happen, didn't happen. And that's probably down to one man, and that's James McDonald, because he stayed on his feet, and the jockey behind him, who who was, who was on um, uh, Jason Collard on Rocketing By, did a good job as well. It just, it was an awful situation, but it could have been so much worse. worse. We could have had people on the ground and on a day where we were celebrating jockeys it would have been a horrible feeling i spoke to a couple of them after the race and you know we get a sick feeling that people haven't ridden when that happens you can imagine what blokes who've been in that situation feel because that they can probably see it coming a sec a split second before us so that was that was good news for golden mile I and me probably ends up in a Scirocco and on the way to a Manicato. That they'd love to get in, in an Everest, of course. Um, but it's starting there. Starting that'll that'll play itself out in the next couple of weeks. I think you'll see Argentina in a in a Scirocco as well. Uh, didn't speak to Adam Campbell after I spoke to his father actually, um, but he, uh, didn't find out where Deep Paul going. But it's getting to pretty deep into a preparation, so I'm not sure we will see him again. Um, the other thing about the race, um, I think you knew when Fender was three wide sitting outside the lead, they weren't going too hard. And whether that's that was by design with the two front runners taking advantage of everyone thinking they'd push forward and, and put on speed. And um, obviously Godolphin didn't think that because they had Golden Miles right up, right up on the speed. So you were expecting him to be a bit, bit further back. So... You see it in ru- in running races. If you watch 800 metre races and 1500 metre races, they can be very tactical. Well, this was a little bit tactical, and as Ron said, the track was off a little bit. Riders were coming back and saying it was a little bit soft. Um, I'll reserve my judgment on where it was, but she can do no more than win, and she's a winner this horse. It's at nine twenty-one on Sky Sports Radio. Uh, you're on the Punters Post Morning Program. Ron Doversy, Chris Roots, and David Gately. I want to go down to Melbourne, uh, Gator, because there were some nice performances down there. Most notably, this horse in the first. Now we talk about the Kosciuszko, and we talk about horses uh, racing for that particular big race, and tickets are on sale now as we speak, right across this radio network in Sky Sports Radio and, and the ACT. You can get involved. Uh, our last cash, uh, which was that winner, Donna Scott, took this horse to Melbourne down the straight, and boy, oh boy, it was impressive. That was a terrific win. Caught a few of us off guard, um, no doubt, but uh, just sat off the leader. They sort of ran along at a pretty solid cliff, about four lengths above average, and uh, raced away. It was dominant. Look, it was only a benchmark 70, you know, uh, but uh, there was a horse called River Noir in the race who'd been competitive with She Dancers, who's group two placed. And the overall time was good. They ran one three two nine, some four and a half lengths above all averages. So um, good solid speed, good time, margin significant. And, um, yeah, a dominant performance, no doubt. 
Yeah, and, and on the radar now because, as you said, there'll be a number of horses from all over the state that need to be picked, obviously, in that Kosciuszko market, which we talk about during the week on Racing HQ. We will be doing, starting next week, a Kosciuszko tour around the state. We'll be heading north first, then we'll be going west and then south. So we will at uh, one stage be in Albury. So we'll check in with Donna and the team. that had her and Mitch, and well, we saw um, Ron Stubbs uh, bring horses to town as well. So... That market, as we speak, uh, I think we've got equal favourites there. Both um, the filly or the mare from Scone. As I just pull it up on my screen, where is it? The Kosciuszko here in October. So we've got to the far too easy at four fifty and Opal Ridge at four fifty as well. Front page now with Matt Dale at six dollars. Mogo Magic at six dollars. I'm going to have a chat with Scott Collins. Uh, a little bit later on, he's my Monday's expert chat. Cepheus for the Dunn Stable. Bianco uh, Villano, which is, of course, another horse from Albury for Ron Stubbs. It's me, Kimberly Secrets. And our last cash is there at $34, which has been added to that market. Uh, also it's in Mel- me. He's been retired, Dave. They should be having that out of the market. Okay, so there you go. It's me, gone. I if- think the, the Twitter, it was, it was put out on Twitter the other day that it was been retired and okay. it was done a while ago, so it shouldn't be in the market. Shouldn't be in the market. So there you go. If someone from the tabs listening this morning, take It's Me out. Uh, and if you have backed It's Me this morning, I'd be A, ringing up customer service and saying it's been retired, and I'm sure you'll be getting a refund. And if they can't process that for you, well, it is a pre-noms market anyway. So you haven't burnt your cash because it's not an all-in market. On the sprint in Melbourne is two here. Uh, what did you make of uh, It's Our Time for Danny O'Brien, Gator? Because mid-race, you probably thought, oh, we're in the right spot here. And then once Michael D shifted to that stand-side rail, uh, really let down like a nice horse down the straight. Yeah, look, I think um, it's it's taken them a while, um, but I think this is the key to the horse. His last two runs have been, in my opinion, his be- career best runs, both of them. Terrific at Caulfield, back and wide against the pattern as the leaders pinch to break. He zoomed home in the day's quickest last 200. And on Saturday, ridden in the same matter, manner, nice and cold, safe for one run, uh, he stormed over the top of them and uh, has run very good uh, time doing it at sectionals again. So I know, I think he's probably tricked him a bit because he's actually got reasonable uh, speed early in his races. He's posied up at certainly at 1,400, even at 1,200 he's been in the first few, but he's just not as dynamic um, when he's ridden this way, and I think that's the key to him going forward. What about to some of the beaten brigade? Uh, just a comment, there's a taxi high. Can you ask Gator what he thought of much, much better? Of course, uh, that's a gilding we've seen up here in Sydney, racing around? Yeah, a solid performance, wasn't it? I mean, it was collared at about the 150-odd, so was beaten at that stage, but battled on well. Uh, the margin was only 2.2 lengths, and um, it's not as if he crawled in the lead. You know, he's gone uh, some 7.5 lengths above average that first 600, um, and that helped set up that slick time I spoke about. Uh, 1.876 had them near 10 lengths above average, so a really good gallop. He's just... You know, a couple of lengths off that mark. He's very, very genuine, probably a touch underrated. Uh, but if he's going that hard in this class of, of race, he'll always be beaten, but he won't be beaten far. Going back to uh, Sydney Duff, and the winner of the last was uh, more victorious for Bjorn Baker and Jay Ford, and another one that firmed up in the marketplace. And, and what did you make of the, the, the first two across the line there? Well, he's a, I think he's a nice horse in the making. Um, I know it's a hard time to go through, you, you, you know, the grades at this time of year, um, coming into spring where the better types are around. But he was only third up there. He did a good job at his first prep. He had a good toughen-up run last time um, in that benchmark 72, and he just got in with a feather weight there, and he was beautifully placed. Um, I think the market was wrong early when they went up $14. Well, that was proven because he was 360 at the finish and one, one with a leg in the air. So I like him. I think he's a, a really nice horse. And he can continue to improve. And I think when he steps up again in distance, um, I think to the mile and maybe even a little bit further, he, he, he's still going to be a horse that can, you know, get up to that 88 pretty quickly. Tim Ryan just sent me a text message as well. It's me now refunded. So if you've had a bet on It's Me for the Cosy, uh, it's out of the market as well. So thank you very much for that info, Chris. Uh, but it's me, gone from the cosy market. Uh, another question here on the text line. G'day, guys. Can you ask uh, Duff his opinion on the first race? I know it was a tab highway, 
But, geez, Matt Dunn back into the fold. He seems like a, a, a stable to follow. And I think that is the case, wasn't it? Um, Barandara, he just keeps finding one better, and he found one much better on Saturday. Yeah, he's a strange horse, Barandana. When something comes up outside, if he has a gawk at them and, yeah. wants to, and wants to look at them and doesn't want to flatten out and uh, savage the line. But I think it all comes down to the ride here. He drew one in from the outside, Jack Lloyd on Holstein. He finds himself fifth on the fence behind a really good speed and it was a, a lovely setup. And he knows how to attack these uh, uh, highways, Matt Dunn. We know that. And this horse had just found his form a little bit there, third up in Queensland, and and he's got him in a you know a set weight class three here. He was just so so well placed. Um, when you got horses um, with much lower benchmarks with the same weight as him, so he was he was well spec to beat the favourite. The favourite was the go-to horse considering his profile leading into it, but this horse was just um, far too good. Just sprinted away, and he was um, far too good for Burundana, who. You know, just is just lacking a killer punch at the moment. Yeah, he certainly is. It's funny because you, you do see him put that head on the side and you half think, oh, is there an, an issue there or something, Duff? But it is. He's just having a look around still, isn't he? Well, it's when something comes up outside him. It happened at his previous start when, um, you know, he was... He's just... He's not... Well, I won't say not the finished article because he's had a few runs, but I mean, he's just, he just lacks race brains. He, 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 he cruises up and you think he's got something to offer and something comes up, so, uh, up inside him or outside him. He, he wants to play games with them. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was no match for the winner. What about uh, when it comes to the performance of um, Faulkner Park? Obviously, Bold Mac got the job done, um, but... That was a bit of a step up for Faulkner Park from what he had been racing against in those wins, those 78s, Class 3s. He gets up to this grade now. He's going to be a horse that we definitely have to... Uh, I mean, look, we're always going to respect him in the marketplace, but that was almost just like a you know a bit of a tick in the box there, wasn't it? Oh, for sure. No, no, I, I, I was critical. I was potting him big time. I thought... Why is this horse two dollars twenty? You know, coming from a seventy-eight to a, uh, you know, through the grades like that. I know he had the picket fence there, but I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sold by him going into the meeting. But I come out of the meeting very sold by him. I, I think uh, break between runs, two weeks in the paddock, uh, back in distance. Uh, but I love the way he surged to the line. He, he's a, he's a very promising horse. I, I know everyone was saying it before that race, but he's won me. He, he won me there on Saturday and. I wouldn't be surprised if he... Well, I don't want to go off too much, but if he's a little lightweight chance in the cups, the way he's um, progressing and the way he can stay and his attitude and his, his athleticism, I think, um, yeah, he could be a little sleeper as as far as the cups prospect is concerned. OK, all right. What about... Will you, uh, jump in there, Chris. Obviously, deep into the springs in the mine, taking, going from 2,400, taking the two weeks off in the paddock and then back to 1800 and there are a number of races for this horse where it's going to get him with very light weights and it's going to be starting favorite in all of them so that that's going to be that's going to it's going to be carrying punters money so you know you look at newcastle wallon cups um those sort of races they'd probably be on the the agenda maybe a metropolitan whether it can get to the cuts it'd have to win one of those win a newcastle cup or a, a metropolitan to probably get into yeah. the cup so that's it's going to have to win its way there. But it was very good on the weekend in a race that was dominated by a horse. In Bold Mac, they got the run that it needs to win. And Kieran McAvoy, once again, showing him he's probably one of the best staying riders in the country. He just had him the perfect spot, sprinted clear, and nothing else really made ground from the back, which was and which makes the, gives the run extra credit for Faulkner Park. So... Um, one to watch going forward, whether it goes to two thousand metres next up or two thousand one hundred in the Wyong Cup will be the will be the be the thing. I thought Carlapore was very good in that race. Um, Chris Lee's you can guarantee that he's got one race in mind and it's at Broadmellow at the end of September for for him. He he'd love to win the Newcastle Cup again and I think mm. that'll be that'll be a target for him along with Metropolitans and maybe the Cups as well. I think it's all. It'll all come down. The timing's not right for Faulkner Park, so um, Annabelle would have to have a plan. She can't run in everything. Whether she puts him back out and starts again in a few more weeks and gets that timing right for those big races, or she just wants. Could it, to... 
Yes, Chris. Could it go to a Sydney Cup, sort of uh, like yeah. go uh, go go on for a couple of runs and then just put it away and yep. and be a light, do a King Frankel sort of preparation where you go into a Sydney Cup. Look yeah, I think at, say say that's that's a better better race. You're still racing for two million and 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 you 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 get your grades now and you get get into the autumn with a real real chance to have a proper proper preparation and one crack at a race. I think that's what the horse has got to tell Annabelle. Well, you know, can I? I'm tough. I can keep going into this spring and try and pick up a big race here, or do we just give him a, a couple more runs, like you said, just get his rating up a little bit, and then attack the autumn next year? So that, that's something she, she will identify, I'm sure. Out of that race, Fanningham, I, I I saw this Brazilian horse in a fortune at its first start. In Australia, I said it will not win anywhere. It'll be out the gate in two minutes. It, it improved 15 lengths there on Saturday at its second start, and I reckon that Borna King is not fit yet, and he he's um, ticking along nicely for a, you know similar type races. But uh, it's an interesting race that one. I think Borna King might end up in. He, he had a bit of a Melbourne prep last time I remember, and he might be one he flicks back down the high. Chris flicks back down the highway to have a crack at some of those early races in Melbourne. Like, I know he had seven or eight, seven in that race on the weekend, so they, mm. they, they, he'll, he'll want to split them up somehow. Yeah. Um, on Faulkner Park, though, these European horses, they love being in the stables as well. Like, yep. that's that's how they're, they're usually trained. I know they're trained on gallops instead of around circles, but, you know, they can just keep going. So, as you said, if Annabelle gets it right with him, he could he could develop into something, something that we keep seeing for a, a while into the spring. Yeah, look, he's only a young horse, really, and he's only, I think that may have only been his eighth start on Saturday, so he's got X-Factor, hasn't he? He's still a three-ride European top. Mm. On the panel this morning, we've got uh, Chris Roots, Ron Doversy, and David Gately. And Gator, a text on the text line here in relation to the Price Kent stable. Obviously, you've always got a nice, young, progressive horse, but this winner of the third... Damien Lane's first win back to in Australia after that stint in Japan. Uh, Robrick is its name for the uh, Invader Gilding. What did you make of the win coming out of that Caulfield where the start before it was beaten by, uh, what, uh, Ouroboros? Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, it was interesting watching the taking him out of the, uh, the Caulfield run. And uh, what happened was it was a race not run at a fierce speed. And, and when they sprinted, he got left behind and he came again late. And when you see that, um, generally... Uh, well, 99 times over 100. They're looking for further. Um, so he stepped up in grade today uh, on Saturday, found a, a more truly run race. Blinkers on to help him quicken. Um, and hey, presto, he was well backed uh, and uh, quite dominant. Uh, time was useful. It was a reasonably fast day. Um, and uh, off that good speed, two and a half lengths above average. He's run five and a half lengths above. So he's run uh, a useful gallop, as I say, and has plenty of uh, scope. Uh, the runner up was a debutant, City Thunder. And did a good job as well, and it was and there was a little gap back to third, so uh, some substance on the clock, plenty of upside, so ticks. And what about the other winner on the program uh, for the Trent Buston Young Stable? Now, how do I pronounce it? Is, is it Shay Yahar? Um, was this the one too that the punters were all over? Because I think I saw you were tipping this horse. It was race six, number three. Yeah, no, we, yeah, that, that started the uh, tsunami at the Kielba, no doubt. Um, look, if you had told me uh, he was going to get the rails trail, I think we would have all tripled our bet. So it was just a perfect uh, ride given uh, the pattern of the day. But still, if you're winning by five lengths, you know, you've, you've got to be on them, haven't you? Um, even allowing for, you know, the fact it was a good day to be near the speed and uh, the tempo wasn't, um, wasn't fierce by any stretch, about 3.3 lengths. Um, above average, so not not slack, um, but just total dominance. And Shah, um, back to the 2000, uh, was a one-horse race, and he did it with weight. Dave, 61 and a half. Not many winning uh, metropolitan races with near 62 kilos these days. No, that's right. Uh, Blake Shin, of course, uh, getting a couple of wins there on the weekend. So uh, good to see as well uh, Michael D and, and also Frosty back uh, in action there. So there's going to be um, some good racing coming our way over the next couple of months in all states. Uh, we'll take a break at 9.37. Take your calls. The phone lines are open, 13.53.53. If you've got a question for our panel or you can keep texting in, there's a lot of texts to get through here on 0419 this is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. 
9.39 on Sky Sports Radio, and you're on, of course, the Punters Postmortem Show. Ron Doversy, Chris Roots, and David Gately. We've opened up the phone line. Chris is joining us. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, guys. Can you just solve something for me, a riddle? I'm watching the races on Saturday from Flemington, and whenever the word track bias comes up, it's corrected to uh, the track pattern. And I don't know the difference. Surely the pattern is because of the bias, isn't it? It seems that there was a reluctance to call it a leader, you know, favoured track or bias to the leaders on the track. It was more the pattern. What is the difference between track pattern and track bias? None, I would have thought. I think it's just uh, terminology, uh, the, the pattern of the day or the, the bias of the day. You know, I, 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 I treat them as the, uh, as the same thing, some you know, some people say may say the whip, some may say the crop, some say may may say the persuader. Um, it's uh, I think it's pretty uh, pretty general that it's the same thing, the track pattern or the track bias. I think it serves the narrative if you want to want to put on it. But um, bias is used a lot in racing now. It seems to be the go-to word by a lot of a lot of people, um, and we do get tracks that are tracks that they play leaderish and things like that and that but by and and affect how races are run but um maybe bias patterns yeah. an easy way easier way of saying saying it keeps the track managers happy the pattern rather than the bias but uh, maybe bias is worse than the pattern but um it's each to their own beautiful chris he's still there he's gone no beautiful yeah. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, how do we feel that Rose Hill track played? I think yeah, Ro- Rose Hill's always a little bit uh, you know, advantage to be on speed. I, I must say, and I'm a I'm, I'm a, a biased critic, <laughs> um, a, a biased perv, whatever you want to call it, but I reckon our tracks are playing really, really well uh, over winter. Maybe because it's the, the weather that's happened, but I haven't found a a really biased track for. A while now, although I was over, away over winter, I still looked at the replays and things. There probably was one or two where the pattern was. Well, there's always a pattern every day. If you, it all depends who's identifying it. But I mean, as far as a savage bias concerned, I, we usually get them, and I must say they've played pretty well these tracks. In you're talking about in Sydney. I won't talk about Mooney Valley last week, but yeah. anyway, that's that's done and dusted. No, that's uh, yeah. I, I think too um, with the uh, that that pattern, I have noticed that being being said. So you're right. Whether that is just a uh, a way in which that um, it softens the blow, maybe I don't know. But uh, yeah, it can be can be quite frustrating. How did you feel Flemington played, Gator, for our notes moving forward? Uh, look, I, I was. We don't often get much of a pattern there at Flemington, but um, I, I think it was it was uh, pretty obvious that it was no disadvantage. Let's say in circle races to be up near the speed, and and, and the money trail uh, backed that up. I mean, in every circle race after uh, uh, what was it? Uh, we had the third race, but it was hard to judge. And by the by the fourth race, when it was what first two out, first two home, uh, from all the circle races subsequently. Uh, horses were being backed that were going to sit handy to the speed. Um, and that's the way I've marked uh, the, the day. In straight races, off the inside, funnily enough, um, but that happens a bit, uh, were certainly the, much better. And by the last race, they were near the outside rail with Benedetta, weren't they? So that's the way I've summed it up, and that's the way I'll be um, marking the horses going forward. All right, perfect. Um, now, uh, Zach Lloyd, it was mentioned to you in the Big Sports Breakfast. Uh, Zach finding trouble in the stewards room again, Duff. Um, and you mentioned, I think Laurie said to you, Laurie Daly, oh, well, what advice would you be giving him? He said, well, look, he's probably getting plenty of advice from others. He doesn't need, doesn't need advice from me. But is this a... Obviously, it, it's a crease that needs to be ironed out, isn't it? Oh, of course, of course. You can't be sitting on the sidelines every every three weeks, and um, he'll know that. Um, I, I, I just don't want him to take all his killer, killer instinct away from him and put him in his shell. Uh, you, you need killer instinct as a jockey, and you've got to uh, have your timing about you, so he's just got to get that timing right and uh, not to get too excited and, and you know, pull their pants down every race by breaking the rules. So it's it's a stage he's going through. He's young. 
Um, I think he, we all know he's a superstar in the making, um, but it's still going to take time for him to perfect everything. You know, our great, all our great riders have, have, have run into suspension problems. You know, Malcolm Johnson broke the record, and, and um, you know, I've, I've seen them all go through uh, periods where they just have a bad, bad run, which he has had over the last six months. So uh, it all comes with pressure, pressure on... A young, a young man who's riding, you know, four or five favourites a day and he, he wants to deliver and uh, little bits and pieces of everything. But, I'm, look, I'm, I'm sure uh, the stewards are keeping him intact, which is good, and the, the, he'll, he'll realise that he's got to turn that around and still keep his competitive edge. But mm. uh, like I said, you know, he's got the right people around him. It's just a, a learning stage and, and throughout his career. So I got... Obviously, there's issues there, but he'll he'll have to iron them out, which he he'd know in the back of his head, and I'm sure he's a he's a pretty smart young man, that's for sure. Yeah, what was the wash up from it, uh, Chris? Any news? Well, the one on Saturday, he just tried to barge out, and James McDonald was on his outside and wasn't going to let him out. And again, James probably um, not uh, being able to stay bounced on top of his horse was the biggest thing on it. Um, the one on Wednesday was just a lack of subtlety. Like um, he waits to stride further, and he doesn't cannon into. I think it was Jason Collett. And you know what? What he's finding it. What he's finding is that it's 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 a timing thing to some extent. Like uh, on Wednesday, he was if he waited another stride, the the gap was there, and he wouldn't have had to barge out. So it's going to. He, he's going to. He, he, and as Gus said, he's got a lot of people who can tell him what to do, but it's not... You can't tell him what to do when he's sitting on top of them and looking for a run at the 200-metre mark. He, he's just got to work it out for himself. I think he'll, um, he, he will. He's a very, very smart young man and um, has, has done a wonderful job to get to where he is so quickly. But in getting there so quickly, he hasn't had the experience of being in those situations at a, outside being in the spot, spotlight of Sydney racing. So... Um, he's now had 11 suspensions since he's been in Sydney. He's carrying a 50% premium every time he walks into the stewards' room. So when he gets a suspension, and so people understand that um, if you get they they, they grade them on uh, level of carelessness and uh, repercussions. So if he gets a medium, medium. It starts at seven or eight meetings. That automatically goes to 12 for him, and he gets a discount because he's an apprentice. So it probably ends up at 10 meetings. So he. He's just got no no wriggle room when he when he ends up in the stewards room. So he's just got to stay out of there. That's the that's the biggest thing, and that might mean just curving his enthusiasm a little bit to to take the tight run and just waiting a, a, a fraction longer to take those runs. And I, I'm sure he's getting that advice from people who have, who, who have much more experience on horses than I do. And it's not just him, you know. Like we've got an experienced bloke like Nash who's going through the same problem at the moment. You know, he, he's getting he's had more than enough suspensions over the last six months. So it's just a yeah, it's just a stage where you, all of a sudden all these uh, mistakes are happening at once, and, and they're all that. Like you said, the the penalty on top of the penalty is the um, premium is the thing that that kills people, kill, yeah. kills them because if um and I'm probably. I don't know what you think, Dave. I think it's 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 there as a deterrent to 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 make them think yep. that they if you if you don't have that and they're getting treated and they're getting suspended five or six times and there's a bloke who's getting suspended none, he surely needs to get some sort of um, there's got to be you can make a mistake where where um, these blokes are. are, are Consistent um, offenders, so you know we're we're just gonna they've just gotta gotta learn. He's just gotta learn from his mistakes, and he's learning in front of all of us. Like you know, most of these most of these kids when they're learning, like Zach is at, at Zach a, Zach's age, they're either at um, the country or provincial thing riding, and they're learning learning there rather than in the spotlight of Sydney racing. As now one of our top jockeys. 
I think they've got the penalties right with suspensions now. And, no, I thought the jockeys were a lot harder done by in the old days. I, don't, I hate bringing up the old days, the good old days and all that sort of rubbish, but uh, in previous eras, um, I think the starting point was five metropolitan meetings, even for minor interference or severe interference, really. Um, and it was it was too tough when you only got two city meetings a week and you, you cause minor interference, you'd be out for a month, you know, 10 years ago. And now these jockeys are getting, for really minor interference, if they've got a good record, they don't even miss a Saturday. Yeah, so, so now they, they count metropolitan and provincial meetings too, Duff. The so same, yeah, you, okay. You can, you can get four, if you get four meetings, it's you get four days. a week. That's, yeah. that's about a week because it's usually, it's usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay, it's a lot. It's a lot easier than when you used to get a month for minor interference. Mm. So, suggesting that maybe are we suggesting it needs to be tougher? I, I'm saying it, it's it, they've they've structured it very well the way they're doing it now. I, I, I'm not saying it should be tougher because the suspensions are, like I say, with the penalties for doing it more than a couple of times a month or whatever the point scale is that they use. I think it seems to be working. Yeah, if there's one thing they don't get right, and this is in my opinion, they so you get your you plead guilty to the charge, but you don't know how they've graded it before you you plead to the charge. So um, jockeys can plead not guilty, guilty, or reserve their plea. So uh, when they're charged with careless riding, but they don't tell them whether it's medium or high. Usually okay. they can work it out. But I think that's something in transparency. You probably need to say, right, we're charging you with careless riding. This the consequences of this and this so you so you know where what you're arguing because if you think it was low and they think it's medium of course you're gonna right. you're gonna fight it so yeah. and that that'd probably stop a little bit of the a, a few of the um appeals and things like that jockeys jockeys tend to know exactly how many meetings they're going to get because they they've been in there before and they 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 all want to be not missing saturdays and that's that's when you know, you go in there and if you think you've only you've only brushed them, and they they say it's medium, and you've pled guilty. Well, you're you're already extra meeting. Yeah, the extra, you've got an extra couple of meetings, and you're probably going to appeal, fighting when you when you pled guilty to a charge that you didn't know was a medium medium charge when you pled to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. I, I think uh, the thing I don't agree with is um, getting a uh, if you plead guilty, you get an allowance. So yeah, sometimes ten percent off, off for a guilty plea. So they're, well, they're always wrong. working on that. They're always saying, "Well, well if, I t- I, if I plead, and it's sort of trying to encourage them to take plead guilty. responsibility, even if, even if they think they're not guilty, they yeah. might think in the back of their head, oh, that ten percent, I won't be able to ride this horse on the Saturday week, or or something like that.' But if if they if they really feel they're not guilty, they're entitled to plead not guilty and still be found guilty and get the same." The same penalty, I say. I, I don't think they should be forced into a corner to say, OK, I'm guilty, sir, because it helps them yeah, out. Yeah, because the they think they're going to get four instead of five. Duff, That's right. Mm-hmm. And they can make yeah. a big difference. They, they can, they, 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 they've got the race book out looking at and counting the meetings from when the nine days starts, or, and they've got the ability to take it before the nine days as well. So they're always trying to make it what's best for them, their, them and the owners going forward. So... You know, the the ten percent for pleading guilty, I, I probably I probably think in some in some instances it's a good thing, in some instances it's a bad. But mm. I'd side with you, Dan, after you've been in the chair. Yeah, look, there's a there's a fine line between what's right and what's wrong. I suppose everyone's got a different opinion. Mark's on the line. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Dave. Hey, boys. How are we? Very good, mate. Uh, you found one for us in New Zealand. Yeah, Duff will love this one when he has a look at the video. So we'll see later. Dipsy is going to go group racing over there in New Zealand, Duff. It's only had two starts, and it's went on on that day at Royal Car Car. It ran a second faster than what Dragon Leap did uh, the next race after it, uh, over 1,100 metres. It's got three wide for the first 300 metres and just blasted away. They backed it from 215 in $1.80. It's called Crescetti, C-R-O-D-E-T-T-I. What race was it at Royal Car Car? Race three, mate. Race three. And you will love it. Watch it from the barrier because it's three wide. You use a lot of petrol to get to the front. Warren Kennedy rides it. And then he just left him, left about 100 metres and one by four lengths. Still one by ten. C-R-O-C-R-O-C-E-T-T-I. C-R-O-C-E-T-T-I. Okay, I'll look it up. 
Uh, yeah, just go you, on your on your TAB app where uh, yeah. result and just go that way. You'll see it on your TAB app without having to go to New Zealand Racing was it Club. Race was it its first start? Was it? Well, no, it's second start. It's first start, one by four lengths. Right. They got to run into the size podges. They gave it time off. They so four um, four months off. Running a 900 metre trial, went easy, and then first up over 1100 metres. And I just said that was in race three. Dragon Leap was in race four. And you saw what he did up in Brisbane over the Winter Carnival. Boy, was a Kinto out of Grace Hill, was the mayor. Okay, trained over there. You've caught one for us, Mark. Okay. I got, uh, well, I've got no, I've got the horse up, Grissetti, but it's got no runs here on on No, nothing on Riser. Nothing yeah. on Riser working, so you've got to go to that other side. What's yeah. that? New Ze- is that New Zealand side? Have they changed? Is it still the same, or have they changed it all? Uh, Love Racing, or whatever it's called. Love, yeah. Racing. Love Racing. Well, they've got plenty Medicine. of money now, so it's not. It's not a bad side. Love Racing, New Zealand. Okay, we'll have to have a have a look at it. Thank you very much for that, Mark. We've got another call coming on. What's going on down in Melbourne too? I've got to ask you what's happening, Gator here, for a bit of a chuckle. Um, that I see there's this article in the News Limited papers uh, from Jonathan Munns. Um, they want to put the, ear, the the live jockey instructions, the earpieces. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I read the article, um, but I didn't give it a whole lot of uh, um, thought no. after it, to be I honest. Mean, would um, you like to be I'll... sitting at that pub on Saturday with <laughs> access to Damien Lane just saying, go now, Frosty, <laughs> go now, Frosty? <laughs> Push the button. And, look, I've given those instructions for a couple of decades, but no punches, <laughs> but, um, no jockey. So, um, yeah, so give it strength. I mean, look, they're smarter people than me to sort that out. They've got bigger issues in the world, mate. What do you think about uh, if we – I mean, look, all about innovation and, uh, look, it, it, these questions and things are going to pop up all over the place stuff, but do you think that's uh, just pie-in-the-sky stuff? Oh, Please. Please, <laughs> I, I think I think uh, see, uh, Zach Lloyd might have had the uh, the earpiece in there on that thing on Saturday when he barged off the get out of there, get out of there, and he just knocked them all down. So uh, <laughs> it, it is ridiculous, and uh, they don't need someone in their ear when they're trying to concentrate on how many times they're hitting the horse, mm. um, how fast they're going. You know, it, 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 it's it's absolutely farcical. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously, not be talking in, they're not going to be talking in the race. They're too too busy in, in talking to each other. Yeah, it's like. Well, can you imagine Callow? Well, Have you seen that, Callow when he rides? He's he's making that thing noise with his mouth. You better hear anything. Oh. But the other thing, the other thing is, <laughs> how how they get it past occupational health and safety. That exactly. that they even they even brought it up was shows how little they thought about it. And the concept they're coming up with, Tombs Racing with Free Racing, has been going in, on in England called the Racing League for three years. It's been widely criticised, and they couldn't even get full fields for the first meeting this year. Yeah, so and I... when they did the when they did the consultation, they didn't go to any any trainers that were New South Wales based. I've spoken to Chris Waller, Godolphin, and Peter and Paul Snowden. They all did not get asked to come in for the, the to sign the non disclosure agreements and things like that. They've got stables at Flemington at their biggest training centre, three of the biggest tra- trainers in the country, and they didn't want them involved. And you can only think that's because of one reason, because they've got this us-against-them mentality down there that, that they, they they accuse New South Wales of all the time. Uh, you know surely, surely they're going to come out and make a comment or say, we're not going through with this. And, and instead of us talking about this every week... Uh, 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 it's like they've gone into their shell and not commenting on it, saying, OK, we might have got that one wrong, we're going to can this, or we're going ahead with things, and this is the reasoning why. Um, I think going into their shell, and I'm not here to, you know, kick the, the VRC, but uh, honestly, with the, the press out of It's the not moment, the VRC, Darth, it's uh, Racing Victoria. Well, well sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. The, see, yeah. Like, yeah, please correct me, but Racing Victoria yeah. got to come out and say this is the reasoning why we're looking into it. It's not set in concrete. Instead of just letting everyone, you know, you know when a rumour starts and it gets bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger, so, and then all of a sudden it, it becomes a. But you know, they, they showed their lack of their lack of um, knowledge of the sport. The people who who sat at this table and got non disclosure comment. Is uh, that is that, is that for sure? Is it? Is yeah, it, they got them to sign non non disclosure. Closure things so they wouldn't talk to anyone about it, and that's the that's the thing. Like if you're if you if you understand if you understood racing, what if you go and say so, to someone, "Oh, we're thinking about this," it's going to be 
it's talked about in training towers all around the country within 20, 48 hours. It gets, of course, it, it, it goes around and 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 you know by not saying anything, they've just it, they're just letting it linger and 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 now they they're sort of painting themselves into a corner. But whether they come out, they could come out and say we've um we've listened and this is what we're going to do or we're going to do it. Exactly. But don't just don't just uh, don't just let um people. Well, now we're going to. We're, we're, I wrote about it this morning. Ben Dorries wrote about it. He has been done a great job with it. You know, you just uh, and of course, there's there's um, they've got their own media own racing dot com, and we haven't heard a word from them. So you know, no. Mm. Yeah. So so basically, that that article that was written by Trenton, and obviously, that that information is you know we when we talk about rumours and did this actually is this actually on the so all of these things were actually discussed and on the table. Well, uh, it led to believe. Like I haven't spoken to anyone who was in the in the meetings, but I, I know Ben very well, and he's a very good journalist, and he wouldn't be writing it if he hasn't got very good sources to write. Exactly right. Yeah, but still, and, it's, it's still a case of we're led to believe. We 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 haven't been told yes. We were thinking of that. That's what they should be doing instead of everyone. But the, the only comment they come up with, Duff, was um, uh, we 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 discuss these these things all the time. Like, mm. so is that? That's not a yes. It's not a no. But it's, you know, it's not unequivocal. And you know, it's just it's, you know, I, I'm all for innovation. I think um, when innovation works, it is fantastic for the sport and it takes you forward. Look at 2020 cricket, and that's that's where Angie Jones and Ben Amarty have come from. They've come from a very successful change in a sport, and they're looking to change racing. When you when you go and look at this concept, it's been tried and it's looked like it's failing over in England. When they're adding extra prize money to races, I, and you know, but you know what, Chris, and and the the reason why um, the success has happened here with with things like the Everest and whatnot, it's not because of the quality of the horse in the race. And this is where I think uh, racing jurisdictions are getting it completely wrong. It's the the whilst the race and the quality does help with the with the punting side of things, the punters will always be there. It's about creating the chat about the event, and I think that's maybe where they've lost their way. They, they, there's no point doing this 2020 stuff. Like no, just just they've got a good event. They've got a Melbourne Cup. They've got a Cup Carnival. They've got a great facility in Flemington. They've got. Um, you know, a good city that you, like promote it and get young people back. Put good bands on. Don't put John Paul Young singing "Lovers in the Air." Put a good act on. Make it a party, and turn it into and, and you know like things like bird cages and stuff. Yeah, that's great, but it, that doesn't relate to the the common part. There's no bird cages and and whilst there's exclusive areas at Ramwick and you can pay top dollar to go. It's about everyone getting in and enjoying that concert after the last and enjoying. Uh, the day out, and then for the putters, as us, yes, we can bet on good quality horses and we can rave about it, but 60% of the people that go to Everest Day won't be tuned into the punters post-mortem on Monday. They couldn't give a stuff about Sky Sports Radio, but they'll all talk about going to the Everest and what a great time and, oh, we should go to the races again next time. We'll have a party there because it was... So... That's what it's all about. Um, but I just... They just don't... It seems like trying to change the actual sport... Of what we're doing, it just doesn't make sense. I think you're right. Um, I think the the carnival atmosphere, as far as catering for everybody, like that that carnival, that that uh, entertainment after the last over our carnival works because it spreads. It makes the day easier for people, even when I, you know, it spreads about leaving as well, so that you don't get that yeah. everyone getting. Uh, very cranky when they can't get out of the joint and there's not enough public transport to get out of the joint. So that spreads that out for a start. And um, it, it, it just seems to work. And I think even the addition of these um, uh, these kids on the ponies is going to be great because that is generating the more young people into the sport. I think these pony races are going to be absolutely fantastic. And uh, just little things like that. And there'd be days there you want to have some... Uh, like they do at Canterbury, which is I thought Canterbury Friday nights were dead and buried. I thought they'd, they were, they were dead and buried long ago, and then they brought these these markets in there every Friday night. They're new people, 
and they bring their kids to their market, they have their fairy floss or whatever, and they see the horse. It works. It mm. works. And it might not be my cup of tea or your cup of tea, but that is the things that are working, and it doesn't cost anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I right. think doing what you do well, and they've they've got days, three clubs there that do big days very well when they need when they have them. Your Caulfield Cup, your Cox Plates, your your Melbourne Cups. That, that's that's when you can attract the people, people to the races, and you know, we sometimes look at look at innovate look look to to um, groups outside racing that that are a small percentage of the community that won't be happy until the until the sport's dead. Yep, you're right. Peter's on the line. G'day, Peter. Good morning, Dave. How you doing, mate? Mate, very good. What's in your mind? Did you recover from Mooney? I did recover, Peter. I did uh, just. It was a very very big Friday and Saturday. It was a great night. Thank you for that. Um, I'm just wondering what happened to Kangaroo Court yesterday. It was my best bet since Hartnell went around. And uh, I'm talking through my kick today, and I tipped it to a few people. Um, Did Gay send the wrong horse out there? Or did the stewards check the brand before it raced? I don't know what happened to it. I'll be honest with you, I didn't see the Forbes Cup yesterday, mate. Um, so I know it went down. I saw a bit of chat on social media. i tell you what, though. I did have a, well, not a chuckle to myself, but it did, you know, remember the hoo-ha about the big dance that it was going to be won by, you know, Waterhouse and, and Bjorn. They'd all take these horses and, and win races left, right and centre and it'd be no contests. Well, I know we saw Zoom on win the Grafton Cup, but I think he might be one out of the box and Arapaho the year before that. But... We saw the Coffs Harbour Cup won by Sarah Ryan. I know it had city form or provincial form. And then we saw, obviously, yesterday, what a um, a non-Metro horse win the race. So, But you're right, it was a... Uh, I don't think it was a good... Did anyone see the Forbes Cup yesterday, Duff? I had one quick look at it. Yeah, he was disappointing. Um, expected more, but maybe first long trip away. You know, these horses, he's inexperienced. And obviously that form stacked up with some other form around him. So he... I don't know. Maybe he's just come to the end of it. Maybe he, he didn't travel well. I don't know. So I think we'll assess him more so after next run. Beautiful. Uh, now we've got Bill on the line too, and then we'll get horses to follow. Hey, Dave. Hello, Bill. Yeah. Hey, Dave. This is. It was after a tragedy on Saturday, a big parade, but when they went back to Greg and Duff, the compassion in their voice really, really brought out what the horses mean to us. Well, there's no doubt. It's a, it's a, it's a not a good moment, and and um, we're all horse lovers. At, at the end of the time, at the end of the day, we're all horse lovers, and I think it wasn't just us; it was everyone on track. You know, the the lady at the gate. I saw her um, with a tear in her eye, who lets the horses out, and, and it was just a. It's terrible. It's such a brave athlete. Um, he was a big parade and it was just a freak accident. And some people say, oh, no, he was unsound going into the race, hasn't raced well. He had a, a problem with his back leg. He, he, he broke his shoulder. So it was just a... He's put his foot down the wrong do- way and, and um, it's a it's a shocking um, racing yeah. incident which we have to... You know, it's part and parcel of the game. They can do that. In the, you know, we, we get horses running through fences and, and in the paddocks and, and, and having accidents. So, um, it, it's just not a, a good look when it's live TV, when obviously a lot of people that, um, you know, to see that, they, they don't see it often because it's not a good look. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, Bill. Uh, horses to follow. What have we got, boys? Uh, for victory, um, improved dramatically. Obviously, he had um, pulled up with a slow recovery in Melbourne at his first start in Australia, but I thought, considering he's, he's a 60-something raider, he's got room to move there after hitting the line really hard, um, running third to Wadagas on Saturday. So he's one. And then the two obvious, uh, Faulkner, Park and Argentia. Love it. Uh, Gator, your horses to follow? Uh, one from Flemington, Hennessy Lad split two good horses on Saturday. He was only second up, so he's about ready to win, I think. Carla Paul was a lovely return off the break, and I gave Smart Little Miss a bit of a hope at odds Saturday. I thought she was terrific, and mm. she's run home in some of the best sectionals of the day without much going right. So it might be she might come up a bit of a price next time again. And uh, what about your horses to follow, Chris? Cost us the punters pan of bounty too, Smart Little Miss. Just couldn't get him the fourth. Um, I, I'll... Um... Oh, okay. The, 
droppings of Kalapo and Argentia, the, the obvious ones. But I thought Tarjani in the last was very good. After two runs back, it might be ready to, to, to win now. Good stuff, gents. Uh, we'll get those out on the socials a little bit later on. Catch you next Monday. Uh, what a week we've got ahead uh, when it comes to racing. Uh, I know, again, we're not officially in spring, but boy, oh boy, uh, we're really starting to heat up uh, on Saturday. We've got Rose Hill again. Uh, so uh, on Rose Hill Saturday, our program, we've got the Rosebud, the spring preview, plus benchmark racing, the midways and the highways. Uh, down in Melbourne on Saturday, we race at, uh, I think we're at the Valley. So we're back at the Valley on Saturday. And uh, where will the rail be on Saturday? Um, we'll have to wait and find don't start, out. Don't start that on Monday, guys. We'll have to wait and find out. But we've got the Valley on Saturday. You know you know what? It'll play. It'll be the best playing track in the country on Saturday. There you go. I'll have a six-pack with you, Chris. It'll be the best. It'll be the win from everywhere. They won't. It won't happen again, surely. And Eagle Farm um, up there in Brisbane. We've got to racing Metro Wise Saturday. So good cards ahead. Plus as well, racing in South Australia, Morfordville. And today, Darwin Cup Day, boys. Have you done your form? Any whispers at all on the texts? Duffy, no, you've done plenty I, of Darwin Cups. I have, but um, I think I'll I'll wait to, to get the hopefully get a set set of tips through later. I'll let someone else do the form that knows their horses every, uh, every week. So someone no. someone will have some Darwin tips. Um, yeah. Surprise! Mark didn't have anything for us. He had one at Ruakaka, but yeah, that race at Darwin five thirty-five this afternoon. Uh, it is ten past ten. We'll catch the boys next Monday on Punters Postmortem.